The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shop all things Cherry Johnson at TheRealCherry.com. Hey, and welcome to Cherry's World Podcast. I am Cherry Johnson, along with my co-host, Mr. Courtney Blackman. And today we're going to talk about a really serious topic, something that has definitely touched my life and most black families out there. Black women die three times the rate as white women during childbirth. So today, I have the first one that I know about. A male doula is going to be in the house. His name is Mr. Dustin Young, and he is on a quest to stop black women dying from childbirth. So without further ado, please stay tuned and meet Mr. Dustin Young. The only podcast coming through your beat stereo is Cherry's World, so let's go around like a merry-go. Plug your phone in, make sure it got a full battery. Download it Wednesday, listen to it Saturday. She cover all topics, whatever you after. She got ball players, authors, doctors, actors, rappers, singers, entrepreneurs, divas, leaders, androids or Apple, turn up your speakers. Trying to shoot my shot like the vaccine, whether it's Cherry or Maxine, whether the podcast or acting, she that queen. PYT, you know what that means. Saw you you on TV and touch the screen, touch on you. I plead Lucy has got a crush on you. It'll mean the world to get a blush from you. Teaspoon to me, leave you sleep like Robitussin do. Okay, so I have a really big question for you. Women and labor, right? What made you become interested in helping women have babies? Um, to be honest with you, it's always been an interest of mine uh, since I was like younger. Um, I grew up in a family of, have a lot of aunts and cousins and uh, I have three sisters as well, but I also grew up with my older sister. We were like 11 months and 10 days apart. So like I kind of grew with her changes and me and my dad had to kind of like be there for her uh, mm-hmm. while she was going to do puberty and all these <laughs> amazing things you guys' bodies go through. <laughs> around a 12, 13 year old age. Um, also had like an aunt who, actually my aunt and my grandma has like zero filter whatsoever. So like I might be sitting there watching Power Rangers as a kid and they talk about like, God damn, my, 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 I'm bleeding all over the place. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know, Modern Morphin Power Rangers and y'all just ruined this for me. I'm just go outside and play today. So it was, it was always there and always had like an interest. Um, and to be honest, you honest with you guys, it was this movie back in the day. I'm 37, so uh, it was a movie called Look Who's Talking. Oh. And the intro is, like, i always been a kid who just asks other questions, like, why this, why that? But the intro, you actually see the sperm moving 
Yeah. And then you see this one that makes it and hits an egg. And I'm like, yo, what the hell is happening? Like, I'm asking my dad, I'm like, what is this? And after that, you go through the whole movie and I just start asking more and more questions. Like, what is human's existence? Like, how do, where do kids come from? Like, how? What goes on inside? And it just sparked my interest from, from there. And as I got older, um, this uh, becoming like a young man and just being explored into like, there's a woman's anatomy and what you guys are able to do internally um, just sparked a little bit more interest. So, uh, as can, I, you, know, can you stop right there? Cherry, did you see that movie? Yes, I did. In fact, my daughter saw it and my daughter asked me, what is that? And she asked me, was it a tadpole? And I, <laughs> I had to tell her, no, it was, it was um, an egg being fertilized is all I said, because I wasn't mature enough to have that conversation. She was five at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like my my family, they was like, yeah, you know, it's a sperm. Uh, <laughs> this is what sperm do, you know, it carries DNA to the egg and sparks this huge thing, and then babies are formed. Like what? Okay, so okay, this is great to know. Like, did they explain to you how the sperm got in there? Because when she asked me where the babies come from, I told her to get out of the room because I just couldn't have the conversation. And I text messaged my brother, and Dre said be honest with her. You have to tell her the truth. And I said, well, let her call yeah. you and you tell her the truth because I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dad is a very, uh, um, honestly, like the whole family has no filter whatsoever. <laughs> and they like always talk to us like adults. Um, but like it was, you could tell like it was a nervousness conversation, I guess, like when it was time to have that yeah. convo. But it's like, yeah, you know, men and women, you know, they fall in love and they make love and they have, uh, you know, this amazing experience. And then what comes from that is the sperm that's within the male's body is pushed through the woman's body. And there's this one that just floats through <laughs> and it hits the egg. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Love, love making sperm. All right. Got it. I get it. <laughs> but it wasn't until like, I got about like, a little bit older, like 12, 13 is when like my me and my dad has had more of a deeper conversation. Hey man, I got three, I got three kids and my wife to this day, she says, you just now figured out where babies come from. <laughs> that's, 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 I mean, she, she, she jokes with me like that. Cause like my mom tried to have that conversation with me when I was a kid and my mom's a nurse, yeah. you know, uh, RN. So she, and this is the eighties and nineties. So she's, you know, using all these doctor medical terms and just, I fell asleep and I was like, I just, right, yeah, yeah. like, I hear you, mom. All right. Vaginal secretions. <laughs> I never forget vaginal secretions. I'm like, what? I don't, what the fuck is vaginal secretions? What and maybe fuck? that was done on purpose to like turn you away from, you know. <laughs> My mom's a nurse too. And our conversation was very different. My, it was like, everybody has herpes. Everybody has an STD. <laughs> yeah. My dad gave me mom. that conversation to, uh, to steer me away from getting someone pregnant early. He's like, look, you have sex, here's some pictures of what happens. I'm like, what? What yes. is this? I'm never doing it ever again. <laughs> like, yes. like, and then like I went through the class, because we actually they still have like that health class where they show videos and pictures. And I was like, yo, this is what Apostle's talking about. This is disgusting. This is what happens to my mans. Like, never. I'm not doing <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm cool. No. <laughs> no, go ahead. No problem. No, go ahead, say it, Courtney. This this guy I know, um, he oh. said his he said his brother. Um, that's the reason why his brother is gay because his mom told him what could happen if he has sex with a woman. So he said that's the reason why. Wow, he's gay. That, that, that's 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 what that's what 
They told me. <laughs> that's <laughs> interesting. Very it's possible. It's an excuse, <laughs> but that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Now I have a question. So growing up and being like really interested in women's bodies, yeah. right? Yeah. That means that you did something that most men don't do. Like most men can't even find the hole. So you actually took the time to learn, right? Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was more on uh, my own personal self journey. So it was me, my sister, and my dad. Um, and my dad, I pretty much like raised um, both of us. My grandma was there a lot, um, as well as like my aunt. But um, so there was still like just trauma there, like you know, issues, like me and my mom and everything. So as I got a little bit older in college, um, I switched my major from computer science to like psychology and double major psychology and sociology. I started tapping more into like this uh, um, child, early childhood development. Um, I started working with um, group home kids or at risk mm-hmm. um, in the foster care system and started seeing like how I was able to relate and meet them where they at and introduce them to education just around like behavioral issues and how to uh, choose alternative adaptive behaviors to refrain from like aggression or whatever. Um, and during that process, I found like my own healing and started going to therapy and start tapping into like growth. Um, and during this time, I started doing a little bit more education and research just on how to one just be better man and how to show up a little bit more, but also to like uh, my grandfather was diagnosed with like liver and lung cancer. And I started doing research on how to um, save him and how that tied into like the foods that we eat and um, like gut health. And doing this process, like always still had like this interest into like the women's anatomy. So I started doing a little more research on like what goes on internally, like. Um, what are fibroids? Like, why are these things like more common in black women? Um, yeah. My aunt had like a hysterectomy. She went through the whole issue with like fibroids and she never had kids. Granted, she didn't really want any, um, but the option wasn't there anymore because she just always had very, very bad cramps. And that's like when I was younger, she would always come out like, fuck, my damn cramps is killing me. And she was just always as frustrated and angry. But I don't know how old you guys are, but there was this uh rubber uh red rubber tube back in the day that you could fill up with hot water it's that was like my first introduction yeah. of like filling that up and burning my hands and like giving that to like my my aunt or my sister to like you know a heating pad i think oh a heating pad i thought you were talking about the dish bottle no no oh no go, they used to keep it behind they used to keep it behind the bathroom door Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I thought he was going to talk about. No. Uh, so no, it, was, it was a heated pass. So those are one of my introductions to it. So uh, it wasn't till my sister, she was 21. So she uh, went to Langston University in Oklahoma, and she ended up getting pregnant out there. And she just didn't have a support system because I moved to New York at this time. And I was out there and I'm talking to her, like going through the process, whatever, like, you know, being there as much as I can. But uh, the medical um, medical um, assistant that she had out there just wasn't um, as present or wasn't listening to her as much. Mm-hmm. And she was just wasn't supported. And also she was young, so she's nervous. She's going through a lot of stuff. She's stressing her and a guy having like their issues and um not sure what kind of cause and led to like her stillbirth, but like at five months, she discovered like the heart stopped beating. So she was already in the process of moving back home because we wanted her to have like her birth and going through the last few months, the last trimester at home so we could really support. 
And uh, she came back and had to go through that whole process. So, you know, when you're about five months, you have to actually deliver. The, yeah. So, like, that caused, like, mental health. My sister, she's, like, younger. But also, like, she puts on, like, this front. Like, she's very strong and she can handle stuff. And my mom took it as if, like, oh, Lexi's good. But these are the kids that I actually work with a lot. So, I actually, I pretty much saw through that. Like, she's not well. She needs support. Like, how can we, like, help her? Um create a space for her to like when she's ready to share what she's going through internally. Um, and she had to take it in her own time. So fast forward 24, she got pregnant again with a new man. And this time she was like a little bit more nervous because she's considered high risk now. So I told her like, look, I always had an interest in tapping into what um, midwifery and doulas and all this stuff is. Um, I've been trying to get into it like two years prior to her getting pregnant. Just, I never had the time because I was working a lot. I was focusing on like my nonprofit organization where I was putting too much, not too much. I was just exhausted and putting a lot of time into growing it. Um, so I didn't have the time to take the classes, but I came across this place called Kendrick Space LA. And um, I was just following them on Instagram. So they always had these posts and I'm like, oh, very educational. They have these classes for dads. Like I think it's like Donut Dads Days. And I will always like, like I'm this call. I want to take it with this one woman named Kim because she seems like she has amazing energy. And um, I didn't have the opportunity to do it yet until my little sister got pregnant. And my friend, uh, Stacey, was actually pregnant at the same time. So I referred her to Kendrick Space LA, got her a doula. I found a doula for my sister. And the doula told me like, hey, like normally I charge for, uh, for my assistant as well, but I hear you actually want to be in this world. How about you get some hands-on experience? You're going to be there as a brother anyway. So how about I cut the cost, you become my assistant, and then you support wow. your sister. Um, but you just got to put your doula cap on and, you know, learn, know when to take it off. Beautiful. So, uh, Wait, before you continue, for people that don't know or have never heard the term, exactly what is the definition of a doula? A doula um, is someone who is there to support mental, physical, emotional, emotionally. Uh, through, during before, during, and after the birth process, so uh, or after the catch. Um, so there we can show up, um, even if that's like helping create like a birthing plan, providing resources, uh, certain techniques that just helps on the physical side when she's going through whatever pain she's going through. Just being there 100% support to give the confidence for her to go through the process and have this best birthing experience possible. So like technically, like, you know, some people are confused, like, oh, you're out here delivering babies, you're MD, you're a doctor, you're Gray's Anatomy, you out here. I'm like, nah, you know, it's just a lot of information I'm learning myself and I'm just providing this education to uh, expected mothers and showing up and just being there, being that support person that they need during this process to kind of ease the stress. Because we know stress cause any type of complications during the process. So we want to avoid that as much as possible. And that's good, man. Um, like I said, I'm a dad of three, and I remember the first. Thank you. And I remember the first time my wife was pregnant, the doctor or whoever the woman that was in charge, she said, "Dad, I think you need." Oh yeah, she was a she was a mean woman. She's like, "You need to leave," because I, I I just wasn't no good um, in there. Uh, by the by the time the last no nah, no nah, well I I never been good in there I, I, honestly but it's very important though man. you know what you know what though? nah I just because I'm so nervous man you know I don't want nothing to happen to my wife but um you know if I known the things I knew now know now 
back when I was a, a child? And Cherry, you can answer this question too. It seems like, do you think it's something new, something something else happening? Because it seems like now, or maybe I'm just more mature now and I can uh, respect it more. It seems like it's harder now for women to have children. I'm noticing how hard it is for a lot of women I, to I, have I, children. But when I was younger, it didn't seem like, I mean, girls were getting, I mean, girls in high school were getting pregnant. I mean, I, I knew ladies that had six kids, eight kids, like it wasn't no problem, but it seems like, or maybe I'm just- It didn't know, affect you. Like for, for me, I think it's always been an issue. Um, it's just okay. being more acknowledged and reported uh, now because we have more access to internet social media, all these things, but I think it's always been a problem. And, you know, as we was growing up, like I'm still part of like the internet phase and all that stuff. So I was only providing information in my own community. So whatever I saw within my own community is like, okay, everybody's like good for the most part, but you know, the internet and social media and all these things allowed us to expand outside of our community a little bit more and also the United States and see like the, the difference between what's really going on be front uh, for like black women in comparison to like Asian whites or any other races. And the numbers are, they're actually, they are getting worse according to like uh, some statistics here and there. Um, but there's a lot of different factors that play a part. Um, I think that causes, uh, that's causing the issue to be worse. Black women are three times more likely to die during childbirth than white women. My grandmother didn't get a chance to really know her mother because her mother died due to childbirth complications. I think my grandmother was two and her mother was pregnant again and she actually died. Um, there was a study that was a lie where they said that black women can sustain more pain than white women. And because nurses and doctors actually learn that in medical school today, wow. some doctors and nurses who didn't grow up with any black experience are ignorant and they really believe that's true. Crazy, man. So, <laughs> yeah, when Black women are complaining a lot of times about what they're going through, their complaints are going unheard and ignored. They say, like, uh, is it like 67% of pregnancies that go left or wrong are preventable? And a lot of it is due to like miscommunication or lack of communication, yes. or lack of understanding or listening to communication. Yep. Like, they said 90%, I think it's 90% that could be prevented. Why just listening to person who's having a baby? Like, yo, I'm feeling pain here. Yeah. Okay, where? Let's search, let's research, let's dive into a little bit more and we can find a problem or issue and then solve. Versus like, oh no, you're okay, this is normal. Because Clearly, I that's a response. And it's um, yeah. They say, oh, it's just Braxton Hicks pains. Yeah. Because yeah. I myself had a very hard labor and be, thank God I have great insurance. I happen to have a wonderful team of doctors that helped my daughter get here. Dr. Van Geen was a dream come true to me. They caught that I was in labor at 14 weeks. I didn't even know I was in labor because when I had made complaints to other women about the pains that I was feeling, they were like, that's Braxton Hick pain, you're skinny, you're just spreading. That's literally what I was told. So I was like, okay, let me shut up and stop complaining until I went in for my checkup. And my doctor literally said, get dressed and come in my office. And thank God my mom was there. My mom being a nurse, she knew that that's not what happens. I had never, I didn't know. So I got dressed. I went in there and he told me that I had to have emergency, emergency surclage. And I said, okay, so when do you want to schedule it? He said, Cherry, I said, emergency. Right. 
right. And me being me, I was like, so when is that? And he was like, now. I said, I can't do it now. He said, what else do you have to do? I said, I need to go home and think and pray about it. And I asked him, I was like, what are the chances? And he said, if you have the surplage, we might be able to save her. If you don't have it, she's going to be born without her lungs developed. Mm -hmm. So she's going to be in a chair the rest of her life. And I was like, well, what are the chances that while you're trying to put stitches in my cervix, you're going to break my back? Yeah. And he said, it's a 50-50 chance. But doing a preventative surgery, uh, surgery I've never broken a woman's water bag and I told him okay we'll schedule oh, it for the morning and he was like I want you to go now and I was like I can't because I just had to mentally prepare myself and talk to the universe and see what the universe told me to do which he thought was crazy but I was like whatever but seven o'clock in the morning I was back there and I had my surgery and was able to bed rest on my back it's actually like I had a, a similar experience with uh, my godson. So one of my good uh, female friends, she uh, was pregnant with her, her first child. And um, I don't know exactly what happened. Like, I know she was in the house and she was reaching for a bowl out of the top cabinet and she was going to lose pregnancy. Like, uh, the father wasn't as present as he needed to be. So she was just doing a lot, thinking she could still move and whatever, but the placenta separated and she just started bleeding uncontrollably. And luckily, her sister came home at the right time and rushed her to the hospital. But uh, my nephew, uh, my godson, actually uh, was born after two months premature, um, which also like led to like a lot of uh, lung issues that he has now. Um, he's sixteen, but his entire life has been steroids. It's been like a, a lot of these things that's been like. Uh, Helping him like kind of develop a stronger lung, but yeah, she went through that process and it was a lot because she almost lost her life. Like it was gonna yeah. be able to save the baby, but she lost so much blood. And luckily, they said they got her to the hospital right enough time because she was not gonna. Oh well, the doctor told my family that they said that we're more afraid of cherry making it than the baby. The baby nine out of ten will be fine, but she might not be because I had contractions for the entire seven months. I was put on heart medicine because they were scared. I was going to have a stroke and come to find out the heart medicine actually helps with contractions. I got the whole steroid shots in my butt every week. So yeah, there was a, it was a mess. And then, Glad you're here and the baby said, thank you. She is perfect. Nice. So she gave me problems right until they cut <laughs> her out. We oh, lost her okay. heartbeat. It was a whole ordeal. And I was like one of those that got pregnant and I was like, it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to have a home water booth with a doula. Yeah. And then I, I didn't get that. And, and my wife, she actually had problems for our first child. She actually had problems after she delivered. Um, she was bleeding. Oh. Um, well, you guys probably, I mean, help me. If, uh, but anyway, I had to rush her back to the hospital because like, they had to restitch her and they had to do a surgery. And they had to, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but um, somebody knows. Somebody knows what I'm hemorrhage. talking about. Yeah. She yeah. hemorrhaged? Yeah, and they said she could have died. Yeah. So that's okay. like, so that's why I've been like, I just, uh, but anyway, I got to ask you a question though. Um, Cherry, you sure. mentioned it too. So two of my kids, they were both uh, vaginal births. My last one was, um, they had, he was so big. My wife just couldn't push him out. So they thought we got to cut him out. So, but now he's the only one that uh, has allergies. Do you think, is, do you think there's anything with that? 
because of doing like a, a C-section? Yeah. Do you think there's a difference between C-section births and um, births that... There's definitely like um, a difference. One, like a C-section birth could cause like more issues for the woman later on. Um, there's studies out there that shows complications um, later on with her personal health. But um, as a, the correlation between allergies, between like a, a C-section versus a vaginal, I'm not quite sure. On, uh, like, I, know they, uh, I know they were saying you get so many nutrients going through the birth canal and all that kind of stuff. So I was just wonder, curious about that. And the other thing. Um, I just want, did she breastfeed? Yeah, my wife breastfeed, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because you usually have more allergies if, if you're not breastfed. I was not breastfed. I'm allergic to everything. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh. And, my, and my wife breast, breastfed for like two years. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you get, you get everything three. from like the breastfeed, man. Like all the nutrients needed, like you get everything. Okay. So that's why it's highly recommended for sure. And uh-huh. it's good for the recovery um, of the woman after uh, after birth. And really? like, like I nerd out over the placenta. Like it's something that I find yeah. amazing. Uh, you know, like when I talk to the homies sometimes, like, yo, like what? The, the who? I'm like, bro, you don't understand. Like there's an organ that's created into the woman's body that's not there <laughs> at right. all. Mm-hmm. And then it leaves the body and is no longer there, but it provides like the oxygen and food supply and everything. And it's also, it's like a shield um, that's protecting the baby from like the mother's blood yeah. cells, because I guess the cells come through if that placenta is not there and see the baby as a foreign object and attack and yeah. cause issues and probably like might kill the fetus or whatever. And we can't see this. And I think this is why like, I, I tend to like try not to normalize things that I find extraordinary because like, I just want to get excited every time. Like the fact that, and yes, it's our sperm as well. That's, you know, that one that has enough stamina that could get up there and hit the egg, but, and create this amazing uh, um, being inside. But like the development that's going on within a woman's body is extraordinary. And the fact that this organ is created that protects, provides, and then detaches after. Um, I just find it phenomenal. And I, and I agree. <laughs> but I, when, I find, when, I, when I first heard about the placenta, here's the question I have for both of you. Um, why do they take the placenta away and you're only allowed to keep it if you have like six figures? Like it's yours. It came oh, out you of your... You don't need six figures, but you can like freeze it and keep it. There's, yeah, there's it like a service. Well, uh, it, it, it depends on because this is something that uh, I'm going to tap into probably like when I get some more time is like uh, placenta encapsulation um, and figuring out like how to take that approach. But it's, it depends on the hospital because there's a lot of red tape. Um, like I'm not saying it becomes their property, but like there's just a lot of red tape and you can. Uh, within your birth chart, within your doctor and actually communicate with the hospital to see if there's a way to like, you know, take it with you um, and do what you need to do with it and freeze it and walk away with it. Now it's that's so the- strange because my doctor asked me, like it was a whole conversation when I was on the table, even though I'm one of those patients that doesn't have, you have a-, a good doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah my doctor asked me, do you want to keep the placenta? Are you interested in keeping her core? Should we freeze it or do, okay, now this is a question. I've heard about women putting it in a shake and drinking it. Yeah, I heard that. She's also uh, cheeky, even like cheeking it. So like 
um, you'll slice it up. So supposedly, I've and don't quote me on this one, but you could slice up the placenta a little bit, cheek it, and whatever nutrients is coming from that does something to the body that helps somehow. But cheek um, it so, and put it in like your actually you put it in your mouth, yeah. But there's all there's so much um, like nutrients and everything within there. It's life, like it's it was was protecting and feeding like the child. So there's so much in there that saving it and freezing it and then putting in shake. Yes, it's like sea moss, I guess. Like you just get all these nutrients within the body and it becomes a thing. And that's why like a lot of people encapsulate it because it's easier to uh, other uh, the thought to just put in a pill and just take it without thinking about like eating your own. They asked me, and I was like, bro, I think that's a little bit too Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to listen to shake. But it was like right. him and the anesthesiologist, like we were having the conversation, and they, I guess, I did. I had a great team of doctors. It's not common uh, from mm-hmm. my age. Like, that's, that didn't even ask my sister. It, it happened so quick. My nephew came, it was, uh, he was healthy, but the experience, um, I didn't personally think it was the best. Um, I was advocating um, for her as much as I'd like to do. It was falling behind, so she got there like a little bit later. Um, but she was there in the, in the process. But I was speaking up a lot, and we wasn't hurt at all. Um, and it, it was the frustrating part. So we, when she finally started contracting um, and going through her labor, we she wanted to labor at home as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to like at least do up to like seven to eight centimeters because she didn't want to be in the hospital with these bright lights, the machines beeping, this cold yeah. it wasn't a vibe, right? So the goal was to kind of create, excuse me, create this atmosphere and this uh, space for her at the house. So once she actually uh, came back home because she was in Riverside, like two hours away from where she was at or where she lives. And uh, she got home and I got over there and kind of like told my mom, let's turn the TV off. I uh, brought my diffuser. We had like lavender scents going throughout the entire uh, place. Has some candles lit, has American Badu playing. Like it was just uh, creating this space and this vibe. We had our yoga ball. Um, and every time she was contracting, like I was just, all right, let me hit these point, pressure points that are, I guess, in the lower back. Um, every time she contracts. And this is why, like they said, like do work. It's hard work, especially doing labor, because we was going for like a smooth 10, 12 hours. Every time, like, ah, gosh, like, here, 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 uh, we'll do some like S shape rolling to mm-hmm. kind of help with the pain, bouncing a ball, um, massaging the shoulders, like letting her just lay, um, like, feet out on the bed. This is so much. And it's a lot of like, you know, vampires, like, I'm like lifting and doing, and like, my back was hurting. I was tired. Yeah. And we went to like the middle of the night. It was like what, four in the morning before, like three or four in the morning before the doula showed up and she took over. And um, by seven o'clock, I was counting uh, her, uh, how far her contractions apart. And I was like, okay, well, it looks based off of this, you're getting close. And I was told when you guys become a little bit nonverbal, you know, we're getting a little bit closer. So it's more screaming, you're not able to communicate. I'm like, I'm just going to go off those signs that we're about seven centimeters dilated because I can't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't trained to right. see how many centimeters my sister uh-huh. would but also like I wasn't prepared to do that with my sister's vagina <laughs> to measure. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
But like once she uh she said she couldn't take it no more, we left, we drove. That's a whole experience in itself. <laughs> like almost took us out. But it was uh we got there safe. And by the time we got to the hospital, um we spoke with the nurse and I thought we was good. And the unfortunate thing, there was three or four black nurses that was a part of the whole experience. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be good. The problem is sometimes, and it's not to shade any like nurses or hospital experience, because a lot of people have great births um, and experience as well there. But this particular situation that I experienced, the hospital is a system. And the workers, you know, fall into the system. And sometimes workers, the nurses, they deliver so many babies throughout the day, throughout the week. It becomes okay. like we just normalize. Like, oh, yeah. You're that okay. Sad because I had the most. What my nurse would not leave. Yeah. She was off work, and she said, "I'm not leaving till you have." Well, did this you thing. have? Did you have the same nurse and everybody from beginning to end of my labor? Yeah. Well, no, of your entire like nine months. Like every time you had to go to your check ins. I, I mean, I had my same doc. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I had the same. Yeah. Team. I'm like I'm like Cherry. We, my wife, we had the same team. You know, we yeah. met four, four or five doctors that if this doctor the main doctor was supposed to do it but they said this one's not going to do it yeah because for whatever reason and this one would we met the whole team just like cherry so yeah, yeah my doctor we, we met complete strangers today uh, wow. so we had we had the team like leading up and you know everybody was cool but by the time we actually had to go to the hospital like i never seen these nurses before wow. said, they didn't know mm-hmm. really her name so, like, I think that also is like, oh, no, you're going to labor. Okay, let's get her into the room. But before we even got to the room, I told him, like, I think she's close to 10 centimeters dilated. Like, let's, it's go time. They're like, oh, no, we need a urine sample. We need to get her here. And my sister's like, no, I'm going to push my baby in the toilet if I have to give you a fucking urine sample. So, like, yeah. they just not listening until they took her to the bathroom. It's like, oh, I think it's, you're yeah. right, let's go. And they put her in the room finally. And I'm... <sighs> yelling but i'm like talking to the doctors in very stern the nurses in very strong voice like look like here's the birth plan this is what we want to do she wants to give birth in these positions if this is the primary position if it doesn't work she wants to go into these before like going into the laying down um position she doesn't want an epidural um this is the vibe we want in this space hi my name is dustin her name is alexis like introduce yourself like oh no we're good like we got this they put her down in the bed they laid her down they put her legs up it's like oh okay ring of fire she's crowning let's go push baby comes out like nothing was really like listened to and then also wow. our birthing plan we we said we wanted to delay clamping and it was on like look we're delaying clamping as soon as the baby comes out boom clamp umbilical cord i'm like whoa 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 no we got a few minutes before you clamp like Let's get some more pulsating nutrients to the baby. We don't clamp right now. So it was just like that. And it was just more like days like, look, we, who are you? Like, and that's sometimes the frustrating part because like nurses look at doulas as if we're trying to overmind them. Like we went to medical school and we just know what's best. It's not necessary that we're here to support the mother. We're here to provide whatever support she needs and to speak for her because she doesn't need to really talk because she needs to put all the time, energy, and focus into her delivery. Yeah. You know, so like we have developed this relationship over the course of nine months. Um, 
granted I've been there her entire life because I'm a brother, but like we developed this relationship over nine months. She's trusted us to kind of like step in when we need to step in. So we letting you know, like, this is what she wants. And we didn't get nothing. <laughs> and I, I have a question beforehand. My doctor is the one that told me write down my birthing plan, write down everything I want, who I want in the room. If there's somebody he needs to remove, let him know. I like literally he, he did. He was, my doctor was amazing. I literally handed in this paper. Like, I think I was like seven months and I was like, this is what I want. And he said, okay. And I wanted to have a natural birth. Unfortunately, we lost her heartbeat. And so after it was like 15, 16 hours of labor and they lost her heartbeat and I wouldn't open up past the six. So he literally comes to me and says, kiddo, I'm sorry. I know this is not what you wanted, but I have to take her. Yeah. And I was like, just get her out. But he literally went by that plan. So did they not ask your sister to turn in any kind of birthing plan or did you guys or? We gave the birth, but the problem is the birthing plan went to a nurse or a doctor that wasn't present. So like, again, like these are all new people. So that's why I had copies of it. Um, yeah. So when I get there. Like, hey, this is what we've given to the previous nurses and doctors that she had like two changes because someone, someone went on vacation. But you know uh, what? That, oh. But you know, I think the difference is because when they, maybe, maybe Cherry, I don't know the difference between uh, my wife's situation and your situation and what he went through. My wife was actually induced. Am I saying that right? Induced? Yeah, it was induced. So yeah. it was almost like a, a planned pregnancy yeah. they told her to come in were you like that too cherry right no i didn't have no appointment my water broke oh your water broke oh okay yeah, my water broke oh okay so they like made a date for my wife to come in they, i remember the, my second one they wanted her to come in on thanksgiving she's like no nah, i didn't have him in i'm gonna enjoy one holiday and she was like i'll see you monday and so we came in that monday um but yeah it was like and it took like 15 hours man it was like forever yeah. The only thing I didn't get on my birthing plan was Subway. I had plans. <laughs> I knew once I got to the hospital, they weren't going to give me no food. Right. So I had plans yeah, on right. the Subway and getting me a sandwich on the way. Yeah, but you only get ice, right? You only get like ice and stuff. I don't right? even think I even got ice. I don't even think I got that. I tried to get my cousin to give me a pizza, but she wouldn't do it. Because <laughs> I was already. <laughs> I tell you what, Dustin, I really respect what you're doing, man, because I say this to, 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 a lot of the guys now, and I, I look like the softy, but I said any man that actually goes through this with the woman, like yeah. you, like you gotta be a cold blooded brother to walk away from her after she done gave you a kid, man. Because like Seriously, when you man. see that process, like man, it's. My, my, it hey, let me ask you this: Yeah, it made me I, like I got all because I. I have rubber gloves in my pocket. We was prepared just in case we had to deliver in a car. But like once I got into the room, I put gloves on and the nurse was like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm about to catch the baby. He's like, man, get out of here. <laughs> like, we got this. They didn't uh, let you do was, it? Huh? They didn't let you do it? Well, technically, I guess like in a hospital, like we can't catch the baby. Um, so oh. like, uh, so I was there. I still watched and to watch the first push and then the head comes out. And then, yeah. like, the second portion is, like, shoulders are, like, wiggling out. And then third or fourth portion, like, the whole body comes out. To watch all it is, I'm, like, I'm sitting there. I'm, like, man, fuck, man. 
God damn, man, what the fuck is going on in my body? Like, what are these? Are these tears? Like, I can't control what's going on. Like, you just feel something and then you make that connection, that bond. I think that's why I don't know fully exactly how, like, I don't have the the grand plan yet on how I want to use whatever knowledge I've gained so far, but like these conversations I've been having with uh, a lot of men um, and just talking to them through the process, giving them information, just letting them know the importance of just being there, just being present yeah. uh, is so much because, you know, my little sister, like her baby daddy, whatever, you know, he was, you know, he was a guy. But uh, not just being <laughs> present. He wasn't, he wasn't present. Be present and supportive. Yeah. Not cause drama. Yeah, at all. And that's that's the thing. We I made a decision and also told her, like, look, what what's more important is for you to have the best perfect experience possible. If he's causing you stress and drama right now, mm-hmm. you need to explain this to him and let him know that you need some space. And he could show like give him the opportunity to be present and show up. If he doesn't want to take that in the most positive, like you don't need this negative energy there because you don't want to see what happened, what occurred the first time. You know, yeah, so like right, we need right. you to be conscious. We need you to be at peace. And if there's any issue, I'll holler. Like, well, well, I'll talk to him, which I did. I'm like, look, bro, like, you know, I had to give him one of those talks. So, you know, he came after um, the baby was uh, born, but we avoided the drama. We didn't. I think if, if man just fully understood what, what we are going through. If you uh, really understood, brother, I swear. It's not. It's not like you know, like yo, we putting you guys on this crazy pedestal, like man ain't shit. It's like nah, we. It's just an understanding, like we both, like even man, like we have our own emotions and stuff that we go through during this process, and we need to understand we're part of this process, and we need our outlets to vent. Like you know, we could get frustrated because we don't know. You know, sometimes you know, a woman might tell us like, man, you should know these things. Like man, I don't. I don't know what hemorrhage means. Like, God damn, I'm yeah. trying to read these books. <laughs> it's so and see, much. And see, that was me, bro. My wife, my, my first <laughs> child, my wife had got this book and I was flying a lot. And she was like, when you're going to, when you fly, because that's the only time I read was when I was flying and I fly home. And she was like, yeah, you read this book. And then when you get back, we'll discuss what we, I'm like, man, I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she got pissed off. And yeah. like, that's when I saw the strength of a pregnant woman. She like, ripped the book in half and yeah. threw the books like you motherfucker you know what I was like but yeah. you have to understand too like women, that's the least you could do is read the book you have to understand like the woman they're watching you can speak to this to share like you guys hormones are um, way up here yeah. and it's something that you guys can't control it's just like your hormones are all over the place and the reactions because of that is uh you know it's due to like the hormone change and then also postpartum is when they just drop. So like you guys are just going through so much of the time is the reason why, you know, depression like comes quick, you know, why there's a lot of like self um, image issues probably that's going on. There's so much this bringing you guys down. It's because like your hormone levels are decreasing. It's like a roller coaster ride throughout the entire nine months. And I guess us guys, like, you know, we'll take it to heart. I mean, what the fuck you talking to like that, man? God damn. It's- I'm talking to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot control our bodies. So, like, imagine yeah. you're waking up in the morning. For me, I had contractions the entire time. And I know that they compared contractions to, like, fracturing or breaking 28 bones in one t- at one Ooh. time. Yeah. So I had contractions for seven months. Yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Then you wake up, you're sitting there talking, and out of the blue, you just throw up all over the place. Well, then you sneeze and you pee on yourself. Yeah. So I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't want to hear it because it ain't this. <laughs> yeah. That's really and I think that's why it's also important for like, you know, once we hear that from you, uh, is to kind of take and release that to like our bros as well. Like, look, like let me let me call somebody because I gotta get this out because I don't want to keep this emotions and frustrations bottled up because I'm just lost and then I take it out on you. So it's like having our outlets is extremely important because like once we release, we could come back and take whatever you throwing at us to the chin. Be like, I still love you. You still look beautiful. Let mm-hmm. me just hold you. Oh my God. Like, and he'd be like, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. I remember, I remember, okay. That's needed. No, I was going to say, but that's needed. Once you get it and you understand, like, stop trying to feed me fried chicken, no fried chicken in my house. When I tell you it's making me sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hey, me, the question I'm going to ask you though: How do you feel about sex? Um, bef- like during I don't know what you mean? <laughs> how do you feel like about women having like you know during pregnancy? Yeah, during pregnancy. Oh, yeah, it, 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 helps. it helps. Yeah, I want to ask you that because this this lady I know she was like nine months and she was having you know um like like come on when is the labor having it and the doctor told her um y'all need to start having sex right now. It helps okay. with the labor. It helps uh, with the labor process. Makes it a little bit smoother and easier. Okay. Uh, also, like just the love and the connection. Like that's needed too. Orgasmic um, labor is a thing as well. To where like if the woman oh. is feeling good, if you're caressing nipples or neck or whatever she feels and she likes, because the more lubricated she is down there um, during the process, it helps um, the baby coming out as smooth as possible. It's kind of like you don't want a baby to come down. Uh, a, vaginal canal and rise, right? right? So it's like the lubricant and the wetness and all that allows the baby to flow a little bit better. And then yeah, sex just helps loosen up that. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a question. We, we talking about wetness, secretions, all that thing. It's not really about babies, right? But Dustin, can I get in your business a little bit? Just a little bit. I mean, yes, it don't have yes, yes, okay. ma'am. Go ahead. Uh, so there is this whole debate, right? Is female ejaculation real or is it not real? We got a man who knows everything about women's bodies. We got a doula in the house. I mean, is, a, is women ejaculation a real thing? Like, people don't believe women can squirt. Uh, guys can. <laughs> can. Can women squirt? Yeah, women can squirt. Uh, based off experience, women have squirted. So, yes, it is a thing. Man, you need to get your education up. If she ain't squirted, it's because you don't know how to make her. Yes, it's finding where, you know, she likes that G spot. And it's, you know, it's, it is, yeah, it's very possible for sure. <laughs> I know it's possible. I'm a squirter. Congratulations. But I just thank you. <laughs> but I just wanted to clear it up because some people don't know and they don't believe it's, it's a real thing. And it is. Yeah. And some women actually hold back from it because, like, they don't know about their own bodies. So, like, when they're feeling uh, about to get to that point, they feel like they might probably pee on them. So they don't know. Mm-hmm. So they stop the process, you know? Yes. And it's also like, it's a mental thing. You got to get out your head and be present as much as possible during the process. And you enjoy it. Sorry, mom, but I had to just be honest. <laughs> well, the first couple of times I thought I had to pee too. Yeah. Yeah. Like so- I've been there where like a woman, like uh, she stopped herself. Um, and a couple of times they stopped herself where, you know, they didn't know. And I'm like, man, you got to just, just let go. Just be, just be here. Like, I got you. I got us. 
I wish more men, you know, my sheets are, my sheets would be fine. They're so thirsty, but they don't even have the knowledge in what they're doing. I wish a lot more of you would educate yourselves because it's also being open too, because pride gets in the way, you know, like all these, it's like, nah, like, tell me what you want and how you want it. Like, how can I, if I'm not doing it right, like, yo, because I'm gonna let you know if you're not doing something right. And let's have these real conversations that like, hey, don't feel like I'm tearing you down. Like, no, I like it this way. Um, This is going to help me get there faster or whatever the case is. And let me know what you need. Hey, as a, I think as it's a mature conversations, I think it's grown up conversations. You can have that with your person without it being a big thing. I think relationships could be easy through if you, the communication. If you can't have that conversation, why are you having sex with them? Hey, <laughs> hey as a as a medulla, how many uh how, how many <laughs> as a medulla, brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How how many vaginas have you saw? Oh man. Um well after my sister, I only assisted with two other births. Um, so I'm still like getting my chops up. So the second one was like uh, my friends. Um, I came and like kind of like labor. And this was during COVID, so it was more difficult. I was doing more oh. like vir- more virtual, okay. uh, giving assistance, providing, texting her. Um, I wasn't able to go into the hospital there. I wasn't able to do nothing. I just was able to like help her labor at home before she got transferred to the hospital. And I was in the car with her going to the hospital. And then once I got there, I had to like come home. So I didn't, I haven't seen that many. Well, wait a minute. I'm sorry, Courtney, but you said you were doing it virtually. So people need to know that they can have a virtual doula. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's important. Like, let's get on the Zoom. Let's have these conversations. Like, we could do uh, YouTube visuals, and we could do whatever is needed to show you. And if the both parties are present, like, okay, like I need you to grab. We're gonna focus on massaging. Like, grab here, rub here, and ask her, does it feel good? Do you need to go deeper? Because at the end of the day, like, we all have, we are possessed with these skills. You know, like we all have that. It's just like being confident enough to like just to be out there and to do it. So yeah, like virtual, um, it's easy. I won't say easy, but like it was a thing. The doula work to me, honestly, like I like to be present. I need to be physically touching and talking. Um, it is it's it's just a better experience, but it's still doable. And that's the thing. well. I know a lady asked me before because we had a. Uh... A male, and she he was a male OBGYN, yeah. and she was like, you know, um, I wonder how his sex life is because he gets to see the good ones and the bad ones. You know, what I mean, like, so how does that affect you? Because you, know I mean, you know, with, with your sex life, you dealing with vaginas a lot. You know, like, how does that help you? Or does well, it like, you know, like you? again, like a dualship is still like the support side. So like physical motion, all that. So I'm not like, I'm not like the midwife where like I'm in the vagina constantly. Oh, cause um, you was doing, you was doing the, the two figure thing. So you ain't never. Yeah. No, I haven't. So I've been being, so for example, that was with my younger sister and I wasn't a certified doula at the time. That was like me just getting my first experience. Um, But like to stick your fingers up to like test and see how, like where, how far she's dilated. I haven't been able to experience that yet. So that's still oh. something because the two births after were during COVID. So I haven't experienced something uh, post pandemic or, you know, since we just got out of it. My but, boy. Uh, okay. but just being around like this, 
women and being like a straight black man around women and single, you know, you do get asked those questions like, yo, you know, <laughs> are you are you pouring too much out to where when you get your own um, lady, are you able to still pour from abundance or are you able to give her, make her feel special during this time? And I still feel like I can feel like every situation is different. Um, you know, if I'm working with whatever family um, or experiencing what that is, I think I could still provide the same type of energy to my Because my boy, he hit me like my wife was pregnant with our first child. He said, "Is your first kid?" I was like, "Yeah." He said, "I am letting you know when you go to that first doctor's appointment, you going because like you know she wasn't you know wasn't showing then, but you know." I mean, she was showing, but not really, you know, and, and when you see that doctor, because I wouldn't, I never went through this process before, and you watch the way he go up and down, and I'm like, hey, man, you're like, I had to I had to be held back, because it was a man, too, I'm like, yeah. touching my wife like that, I didn't, because my wife. I think, and I think this is uh, the important thing about, like, this, that process, too, is, I guess, checking our pride and our ego, yeah. and just focusing more so on the best outcome for the child. Right. And it's like, I know this is a professional. You know, I know he's not doing this and no, like, I don't know what's going on in his head, whatever the case is. But I, in my mind, he's professional. He's doing what he needs to do mm-hmm. to make sure he provides me the information needed to be able to support my woman doing this process when he's not present. Um, and it's just like checking our part in our ego out the door as much as possible. Like, I know it's, it's hard as men, but like, the first it is something that we have to for sure check because... What's more important? Is, I'm sorry, Terry. That's just weird. There's nothing I, I, like you I, I didn't, like to go to the OBGYN. I didn't know. That's my first time ever going, Cherry. I never seen. That. I didn't know what. No, she didn't prepare me for that. And he yeah. and, my, and my boy didn't either. Nobody oh. prepares us for that the first time we go so, either. So the yeah. first time and I saw it, us. Like, hey, <laughs> they put that ducks bill in you and open you up, bro. Nothing about that is like arousing. I know, but they're just like. I just wasn't ready. If I would have been prepared for it, then. But by my second and third child, I was I was a better. You know what I'm saying, brothers? Educate yourself, please. <laughs> giving us the blues. That's all it is, man. It's just exposure, and I think that's something. Like even with my organization, we we focus on this creating resources and access, and providing access to resources and tools to like um, underserved communities, and that's just with uh, physical and fitness, mental fitness. Showing up as much as possible, exposing our um, our youth to things that they don't necessarily have or afford it within their community. Because I think if we have this information at a younger age, you know, we could mature and evolve with this knowledge and just get better over time. You know, so Real I think that's one thing that we're missing in our school system. I think that's something we're missing in our household now. Um, I grew up with my father, grandma, grandpa, aunts, and everybody. So I have like more communal experience and my block was very like you know I would go to my grandma babysat the entire neighborhood you know yeah. so when I would come home from school you know Ethel on the corner be like yeah I heard you was talking too much in class today your grandma gonna get in your ass and I already mm-hmm. talked to her about it you might have a wooden spoon waiting for you and it's just like <laughs> it's <laughs> always been like that family oriented community like vibe so like that's what I try to like create within my organization. That's the type of experience I try to create with the, the families I'm working with and people that's reaching out. My homeboys, like those are the conversations that we have to like create this safe space where we can just be vulnerable. You know, that the homies like, you know, they're feeling some type of way. Like two of my friends, like they cry. You know, I'm just like, I don't know what this is gonna be the first birth. I'm not financially ready. I'm not here. 
I don't know what to do. And it's like, you know, they just start letting go. But it's also just having that space. I think as men, we need men to like really pour out and uh, just, just let loose and then uh, strength, get strength and courage and confidence from like our circle. Yeah. I love what you're doing, bro. Like, yeah, I, I, I wish it, I wish that I was this interested back when I was a teenager. I, I just wish I was. I wish I knew what I knew now back then. You got sons? I got uh, one daughter and two sons. Yeah. Well, there you go, man. Like, you know, pour this knowledge into your two sons so they get this information early. So, like, the goal is to create yeah. uh, the next generation and prepare them better than how we was prepared. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's how we that's how we grow and we change within the black community and strengthen our foundation. If we lose, because men was always part of the birth experience, bro. Like you go down to like ancient ancient Egypt and tap into like the hieroglyphics and stuff on the wall. If you see men, you see midwifery, you see all these things going on. We was there. We lost our way over time. You know, during slavery, we lost our way. You know, midwifery was always a thing during slavery. Uh, Biddy Biddy Mason was like one of the slave uh, um, slaves who went to California and use all of her knowledge there and create like this large midwife, midwifery like organization. That's how she built her wealth, you know, and she bought all this land downtown LA and up selling that. And that's how she became like this multi-million dollar um, individual that a lot of people don't know about. And it's all off the backs of like midwives. This is what we, this is what we do, you know, as a people, like our, my grandma, like she gives me history and knowledge all the time about like my great grandma, and um, other people within the family. We support, we, we are a communal in, uh, people. We love family, we, uh, we need this, need this. And we just, I think we're losing it. Um, it's more individualism. Yes, Dustin, if people wanna reach out to you and um, Sorry about just that. service it, that's okay. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they want to reach out to me. They can reach out to me on like Instagram um, at our own O U R O W N. They can reach out to uh, via email at Dustin at our own dot com. Uh, yeah, I one of those. I'm available. I will get my phone number, but I can't have my phone blown up because after I wasn't expecting that interview I did that this uh, it just kind of went all over the place and. My email box and DMs are like crazy right now. I'm trying to work the world as much as possible. <laughs> Thank you so much for answering me. Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah, you're very important, man. Like, very important. I just, you I guys catch that? Uh, I know you were driving over. Do you guys catch that Oprah special? Um, that was, I think it was on Father's Day? No, no I didn't. Check it out, man. Like, it was, uh, she was her and uh, I think his name is Sterling, the actor from like, This Is Us, the black dude. Okay. Um, they was just having a conversation and they was interviewing different fathers um, and how they show them, how they support and how they've been present during all the birth experience. And it was like, you know, it was just good to hear. And I think one of them, he lost his wife on oh. birth and he had twin boys. He's been raising the twin boys himself, but like it was a whole thing. It's like, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, it was good to like to watch because we are out there and I think our stories are being highlighted a little bit more. Uh, which is important. And and I think the more we highlight um, the men that are present, understand that like, we are part of this process, it creates more of the balance in the relationship, yeah. more of the balance in the um, experience. And I think that creates a bond between the two 
as well as for the babies stronger. Um, okay. You know, I, I'm just speaking based off experience I've seen with others. I haven't experienced it for myself yet, but, you know. Women, women respect men more when they are supportive and there through the whole process. And they're appreciative. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like I said earlier, like I said earlier, any man, if you go through that process with your woman, you you would respect her a lot more. And she'll respect you. Even if you guys don't make it through the relationship process, you made that baby together. Why should she have to go carry it and go through labor by herself? You did that together. You need to be there and do that together. You need to raise those kids together and figure out a way to co-parent. And a lot of those baby daddies who are bitter with the way their baby's mothers talk to them and treat them were not there through the process. You don't know what that women, what that woman or those women went through. Sure. Oh, quick question. And this, yeah. you don't have to share because I don't yeah. want to get too deep into your business. <laughs> yeah. But uh, how was the support for you during your? Uh... Mine was amazing. Not all, I had everybody in the labor room with me my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my brother, his wife. We had a party until they told me that I had to have an emergency C section. And only because they had to move me down, we were on the third floor and they were going to actually let me deliver in the room with everybody because my doctor was like, this family has gone through it. Um, Only when they took me down to floors and I had to go to the uh, operating room, I guess, is when everybody wasn't able to go. But I was very blessed. I mean, I had everybody. So when I say like, Based off your experience and having everybody present, having amazing doctors, having all that, even having a very traumatic and birth experience, uh, the support that you receive, the help, the acknowledgement, being listened to, mm-hmm. see how the outcome was better. Like that needs to be more normalized for like even so many other families and other doctors. And I think if doctors actually just looked at patients and nurses look at patients as humans and looked at them as like, look, you're not just another patient, you're a human being. You could potentially be my mom, my sister, my cousin, my aunt. And if I see you that way, I'm going to individualize this practice for you and be like, how do you feel? What can I do for you? What's going on? What is your... Well, I have a very vocal mother. Yeah. And so my mother walked in with me. (laughs) 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 We walked in. And I don't think my mother would have allowed it to go any other way. Yeah. You know, and every time the nurse came in, there was somebody else there. She'd be like, wow, you're just, it's a party. And I'd be like, my whole life has been a party. And today, it was my happiest day of my pregnancy because it was about to be over. And I knew that those contractions were about to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you only have one. Did you use an epidural chair? Oh, baby, let me tell you, once they got the epidural, me, that's why I was trying to get pizza and stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my um, my aunt at the time and my cousin went in the hallway and were like, what is taking this dude so long? They were like, I'm sorry, there's only one anesthesiologist, I guess, on the floor at that time. Mm. My family was in that hall like, it's been five minutes. It's been six minutes. It's been seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And it took him 30 minutes to get there. But by that time, I had already been in labor. 
I mean, Joelle, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I had been in labor for 10 hours by the time he got there. And after he got there, I was trying to convince somebody, give me some pizza. I told Danny to go to in and out Nobody was listening to me. Um, it was amazing. I just wanted to eat, though. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I have, a, um, I have an incomplete cervix. They don't know if my daughter ripped through my cervix trying to get out or if it was incomplete before, like if I was born like that. Oh, wow. And that's something that you don't know if you don't get an ultrasound. I guess there's no way to tell. And there was never a reason for me to have an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? No, I'm going to look at that. Never heard of you. Yeah, I had in- incomplete cervix. Mm-hmm. And then even after they gave me the cerclage, the doctor was worried. And that's one of the reasons why he told me if I didn't go home and lay on my back, he was going to put me in traction because she was trying to come past the stitches. Like she was ripping the stitches open. Yeah. Oh, wow. She was eager and ready. I mean, she yeah. always ahead of her time. She's six and she's going to the fifth grade. Wow. She's, re- she's one of those. It's like, you know, I got to move. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited for you to have your baby. You got to come back to Cherry's World after you. Yeah. So like, it's, it's crazy. Like me and my, my homeboy hit me today. He was like, yo, bro, I think, man, I'm having that itch. Uh, I think we're going to, we're going to start practicing. Like I need you like right now before we can start going. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been, you know, all this talk, you know, I've been seeing babies all over the place, getting baby fever, you know, like, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, should there's a young lady out there that, uh, that uh, that makes sense, and you know we can figure it out. Yay! Will you come back? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dustin, for being Dude. here. Uh, thank you, thank you for having you, me here. Pleasure What up, Cherry? Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.